0: Exactly. So uh, it's actually kind of funny because a lot of people ask us what is the heartbeat of experienced youth and we just tell them it's the same heartbeat as experienced church. Come and on. that is everyone helping, helping people,
1: people get closer to and become more like Jesus.
0: Exactly. And you know one of the ways that we do that we is through cruise Cruises is our youth community groups that we've launched 3 weeks ago and it's been so good so good, uh, so good that that um, so good. So, so good. good. How good?
1: So good. Come on.
0: Obviously we are like the back preachers. We need we need to communicate back and forth. Yeah. Um, where was I?
1: Just this past week. Oh yes.
0: This just this past week we had two salvations in cruise. Two. So God is on the move. And we are so excited about
1: that. That's right. In the future of our crews, we, uh, we really believe that God wants us to not only reach San Francisco, but also to expand in the East Bay. And so by the end of this year, we want to have one crew in the East Bay and one more in San Francisco. So be praying for us. We believe that crews or groups, as we call them, in community groups, uh, we believe that's where people grow, yeah. where people get transformed, where life change happens, where relationships are built. So be praying for us, uh, and we'll keep you updated as it happens.
0: Exactly. So, who's excited about our message series, that on. On Experience? Last week, Pastor Mark preached an awesome message about faith. And if you missed it, or if you need a refresh and a, and a great download, you can go ahead and head to our YouTube channel. We have all of our messages on there. That's right. Um, and we're actually going to continue that. We're going to continue the the idea of faith. And cause who needs faith tonight or this morning? Who needs faith this morning? It's dark in here, so I'm a little confused. Um, so if we can all go ahead and stand up, we're gonna we're gonna read God's word, and we're just gonna stand up to honor His His word this morning. Is that okay? And also, it's a pretty lengthy yeah. scripture. So we don't, today. we don't want you falling asleep. So don't want you falling asleep. That's why we're gonna stand up. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and turn to Joshua six, one through six. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty man of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout. Very good. good. You You guys are awake. With a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once. And they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Almost there, you guys. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horns before the ark of the Lord walked on. And they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day, they marched around the city once and returned into the camp, so they did for six days." And on the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Oh, I'm good. I I think I was... As, as you got too excited. So I believe here today, today that there's someone here who walked through these doors who maybe is a little discouraged because they haven't seen their promise fulfilled yet. And I believe today that that promise is so close and to not give up. Come on. So today, today's message is going to be titled, Just Keep Walking.
1: Come on. Just,
0: Just Keep Walking. walking. So we're going, to, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Yeah. And... I don't know. Maybe your walk looks a little bit like this where where you just kind of gave up. Maybe your arms are crossed like forget it. I don't want I don't want the promise anymore because it's taking too long or maybe it's a little something like this.
1: There you go. Go. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's you. Maybe you're just excited about life and and ready to take on life and, and excited what, what God's doing in your life right now and just keep on walking and enjoying your walk.
1: Come on, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. God, we thank you for salvation. God, we thank you that when you say something, that you do it, that you never let us down, that you're faithful. And Father, right now, we pray that you would help us to hear the words that you want us to hear, that you would help us to see your faithfulness in all of eternity. And God, that you would help us to know that you're with us and that you'll never leave us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give it up for my beautiful wife? Come on. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and bump your neighbor. Tell him, get ready. Get ready. So I love this con- the, the story of Joshua and of Jericho. And I love that in, uh, in the first couple of verses, God says something specific. He says, I've given. I've given you this city. Now, if you read through Joshua 6, you know that Joshua hadn't even seen Jericho yet that he had sent spies, but he had never actually seen it. And so God says, Joshua, I've given this to you. And Joshua gets there, and he sees a city on six acres of land, fortified, walls 13 feet tall, guard towers 28 feet tall. Now, you can imagine Joshua would probably be a little confused. Like, God, you said you've given this city to me already. But now I'm standing in front of my promise and it looks a little different. You can imagine that Joshua was a little confused that what he saw didn't quite line up with what God said. It's kind of like my wife does online shopping. And uh I saw some husbands look up at me. Uh-oh. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Don't nudge. Don't look at your wife. Just Right here, focus. It's kind of like my wife going online shopping and she bought this Target online from a specific retailer uh, who I won't mention. And she looked at the pictures and she was like, oh, this is beautiful. I know exactly where it's gonna go. It's the perfect fit for our house. And then it showed up in a box, not assembled, not really looking like what she thought it was gonna look like. It didn't quite line up with what she saw and maybe you've been there before in your life maybe uh you had a word or a promise from God and you've kind of been waiting for it to happen and it hasn't happened yet and my question to you this morning is what do you do what do you do when your present doesn't line up with the promise what do you do you stop praying do you stop believing Do you forget or do you dismiss the things that God has said because they haven't happened yet? Maybe that that job that you felt like God told you to turn in that application and you haven't seen anything happen yet. Or maybe maybe God gave you a promise about your family. Your kids are going to come back to church. Your kids are going to be serving in the house and you haven't seen it happen yet. Or maybe God gave you a promise that you're going to have a family. That you're going to raise a family that loves God and loves people and you haven't seen it happen yet. Or maybe it's a medical diagnosis that God said you're going to be healed. And God said you're going to come out victorious and you haven't seen it happen yet. What do you do? Or maybe you don't stop praying. Maybe you still pray, but maybe you start justifying. Oh, okay, I guess it's just me up here on stage the only guy that justifies why I haven't seen God's promise happen yet maybe it sounds a little something like this well maybe i wasn't really supposed to submit that application maybe maybe it was just me in my own head and and maybe maybe god didn't actually say that about my kids maybe Maybe I just saw another family and I got too excited, and so I was like, "Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah, God said that to me." Maybe, maybe God didn't actually say He was gonna do this. It was—I mean, it was probably—I mean, my imagination. I get creative. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it was—it was probably just me. It was probably just me. Maybe you're here this morning and you've—you've uh, you've been coming to church for the last six weeks, and you're like, "Oh, nothing's happened yet." Oh, maybe God didn't actually say that. Or maybe you've been praying for six months for this thing to happen and it hasn't happened yet. And you're, ooh, uh, yeah, that was just me. That was just me. Or maybe you've even been giving to church for six years and you haven't seen your financial breakthrough happen yet. I want to talk to someone this morning who might feel hopeless, who might feel like God didn't actually say that, like it was just me. It was just my imagination. It was my creativity. It was my, my aspirational thoughts and the, the, just the width of how wide I can think of ideas. I just want to tell you that you've got one more lap in you. Don't stop now. Don't, don't give up now. You know, when God says to Joshua, I've given, we, we look at that in English, we call that the past tense verb, Right? I've given, the verb to give in past tense is given. In the Bible, we call that the prophetic perfect, which means that it's already happened. It's as if, it's as if. God, like, works all things together for the good of those who love him or something, right? It's, it's like as if we're his workmanship created to do good works in Christ Jesus even before we were born or something like that. It's as if Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to make you prosper. It's as if God's word never returns to him void, but it accomplishes the purpose that it's intended for. When God says, I've given It's already done. If God said it, he'll do it. Come on, would you say that with me? If God said it, he'll do it. If God said it, he'll do it. Verses four through five in Joshua say this Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you will march around seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people will shout with a great shout. So we see in that section that Joshua and his army are walking around the city so far for six days, and God gives them clear instruction on the seventh time you walk around, then you shout. Earlier in Joshua, in chapter 1, God gives Joshua a very clear promise. He says, every place that you put your foot, everywhere your foot touches will be yours. Every single place that you walk will be yours. Now, if we look at the context of Joshua, chapters 1 through 6, we believe that in chapter 6, Joshua is somewhere around 40-something years old. So let's just call it 40 and round down a little bit. So Joshua hadn't really only been walking around his promise for six days. Joshua had been walking around his promise for 40 years plus six days. 40 years he's believing God. 40 years he's trusting the promise that God gave him. 40 years he's walking faithfully. Could you do that? Could you walk around the promise of God for 40 years faithfully? Could you walk around well And believe and trust that God will do what he does, do what he says. Could you do it for 40 days? Could you walk around God's promise for 40 days and serve Him faithfully? Could you walk around God's promise for 40 days and read your Bible? Could you walk around God's promise for 40 days and pray? Could you walk around God's promise for 40 days and keep the house clean? Could you walk around God's promise for 40 days and not gossip about your boss in the break room? Could you walk around God's promise for 40 days and not gossip about your classmates and your teachers that you don't like because they were spreading lies about you in school? Could you walk around your promise For 40 days. I learned two things in this text. The first is this. If you have your message notes, uh, this is in there as well. If you don't have your message notes, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll get you um, the worship guide. The first thing I learned is this. Don't live down to the conditions. Live up to your calling. Don't live down to the conditions. Live up to your calling. See, it's easy to be discouraged When we get a promise from God and we don't see what we should see or we don't see what we think we should see. And I can imagine Joshua right now in this story and I can imagine God looking down at Joshua as he's walking around. And, you know, he goes around the lap around Jericho the first time and God's like, well, I can't give him the city right now because then he'll think he did it on his own. Right. And so Jericho, uh, Joshua takes another lap And God says, well, I can't give him the city right now. He still has a little bit of pride. It's still early. I've got to strip him of that pride and give him a little bit of humility, right? And then Joshua goes around for the third lap, and and God's like, well, Joshua's starting to wonder now. He's starting to wonder now. You know, I've got to give him a little bit of confidence and, and build his faith in this process in the waiting. And so Joshua goes around the fourth lap, and now the people that Joshua's with, now they're starting to wonder, so God's like, well, I can't do it right now. I've got to really build this faith so it doesn't waver, even when people say that it's not going to happen. And then he goes around another lap, the fifth lap. And God's looking at him. He's like, all right, he's getting a little bit tired. i got to build some endurance in him. Right? And he goes around the sixth lap. You know, six is the number that represents man. And so I just feel like in this sixth lap, he's so close. But God's saying, no, no, I can't, I can't do that yet. i got to wait until the seventh lap. Number seven, which represents spiritual perfection. I've got to wait until he goes through that seventh lap so that he knows that I did it. And then I can knock down these walls. You know, your faith isn't measured by what you possess, but how you persist. Okay? Your faith isn't measured by the conquering of Jericho. We don't say that he has good faith because he conquered Jericho. We say he had great faith because he was able to persist and to trust God and to keep going and to not give up. Forty years plus six days, he walked around his promise. It's kind of like, are there any Warriors fans here? I don't know. Maybe a couple, I think I heard. But it's kind of like the Warriors when they play against like the Sacramento Kings. It's really weird because the Warriors are like, right? They sweep the Cavs in four games. They won three championships in four years. They're pretty much dominating and unbeatable. But for some reason, when they play the Sacramento Kings, they stink. <laughs> They're so bad. It's always a close game. And the Kings are, if you're a Kings fan, sorry. The kings are not even good. (laughs) But the warriors oftentimes play down to their conditions. And they don't play up to who they know they are doing what they know they can do. The second thing I learned in this text is the title, Just Keep Walking. Just keep walking. What's the last thing that God told you? What's the last clear instruction that you can remember from God? Just keep doing it. What's the last thing God said? God said, walk around Jericho? I'm gonna keep walking around Jericho until God says to do something different. But until then, I'm just gonna keep walking around Jericho. I'm just gonna keep going. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if our pastoral team stopped walking? Can you imagine if Pastors Mark and Gail Smallcomb, on their second lap, said, ooh, church is hard in San Francisco. Maybe we should stop walking. Can you imagine what would have happened if Pastors Mark and Amanda, on their first lap, were like, no, God didn't call us out that way. We're not going to do it. We're not going to go to the Bay Area. Bay Area. Or what about if Pastors Kaylin and Krista gave up on their fourth lap and said, oh, maybe God didn't actually call us here from Atlanta. We're going to go back to the south where they actually have good fried chicken. (laughs) They didn't call us here. For sure they didn't call us here. Or what if Pastors Joy and Kim gave up on lap five and just threw in the towel and said, no, not going to do it. This isn't a promise from God. God. I'm going to throw in the towel right now. People ask me all the time, Austin, why why do you guys do this? Why do you go to church? Why do you give? Why do you pray? Why do you believe God? Why do you keep going for the things you think that he promised to you? The last thing that God told Mercy and I clearly was to go to Fairfield or Green Valley and to plant ourselves in that church. That was a long time ago. But that's the last thing he said. And so we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep going until God says to do something differently. And we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep serving. We're going to keep doing it all. You know, the one thing that I can never get over is this. The lap that I'm on right now, the lap that you're on right now, could very well be lap number seven. It could be the lap where God finally tells you to shout and that the walls around your promise will come down. This could be the lap for me where I get to shout and I get to see the walls of drug addiction fall from around my family. This could be that lap. This could be the lap where we get to shout and we see the walls of hopelessness fall in San Francisco in the Bay Area. This could be that lap. This could be the lap where you get to shout and you see God open opportunities and doors for your job that you never thought were even imaginable. How can He do that? But this, the lap that you're in right now, could be that lap. But we'll never know unless we just keep walking. Just keep walking. And wouldn't it be a shame at the end of your life if you were to look back and say, wow, I was on lap six. I was right there. I just had one more lap to go. What does your one more lap look like this morning? What promises have you given up on because you feel like they're never going to happen? You're just one lap away. You know, I'm here because someone else just kept walking. I never thought in a million years that God would take this Filipino kid who grew up on a tiny, tiny little island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and bring him to San Francisco and the Bay Area to share good news about hope and about the gospel. Never in a million years would I have thought this would happen. But I'm here because someone didn't stop walking. I was at my grandparents' house just this past week. My grandparents had passed their churches from San Francisco to Vallejo for over 40 years. And they had a promise from God that salvation would come to our entire family. And my grandparents have a prayer list that's probably about 40 years old on the same sheet of paper with names that they pray for every single morning. My grandfather did this before he passed every single day, and my grandmother's picked up that list since and just prayed for those names every single day. I was at their house, and I found this book. It says, My Own Little Bible. I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, it's not even like half the size of what the Bible should be, because it's all pictures. It's for kids. So I open it up, and you can't see it, but I'll just tell you what it says. It says, My own little Bible is presented to Austin Largusa on December 25, 1991 by Mama and Papa. They had been praying for me. Even from before I could read. They didn't stop walking. And this is why we're here today. And this is why we do what we do. We're just going to keep walking. We're going to keep walking. I'm going to start walking. We're going to keep walking. And we're going to keep serving. Okay? We're going to keep walking. And we're going to keep showing up to church on Sunday morning, every Sunday. We're going to keep walking. And we're going to keep waving signs in the parking lot. We're going to keep walking and we're going to keep doing sound up there in the media booth. We're going to keep walking and we're going to keep being an usher and a greeter. We're going to keep walking. We're going to keep going into kids' church and teaching these generations about the goodness of God. We're going to keep walking and we're going to keep leading worship. We're going to keep walking. We're going to keep passing the baskets after we keep putting something in the baskets. We're going to keep walking. And walking doesn't just happen, but walking consists of Steps. You've got to take steps to start walking. This morning, you have two steps you can take really easy. The first one is to say yes to Jesus, which we'll get to very shortly. The second is to stick around after church and meet our pastoral team. Ask them questions. See how your spiritual gifts and how what God's called you to do can fit in to the bigger vision of our church and of what God wants to do in the Bay Area. But the first step and the best step. Is always saying yes to Jesus. And so this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Very simple. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. Not right now, but very shortly. And we're all going to say a prayer together. And then I'm going to say, hey, if this is your first time or first time in a long time, raise your hand. Nobody's going to be looking. And then once you raise your hand, we're going to get up and we're going to celebrate. Because the Bible says that if just one person's saved, that there's a partay going on in heaven. And so we're going to try to mimic that. I don't know how it's going to sound, but we're going to try. And then we're going to jump back into worship. And when we worship, I want you to think about that one lap. And I want you to think about how you're walking right now. And then I want you to see and to visualize what could happen when you get to that last lap and God finally releases you to shower how awesome that's going to be. But this morning, why don't you close your head, or close your heads, oh gosh, don't close your heads, close your eyes and bow your heads. Uh-oh, I don't know how you can open your head. <laughs> so <laughs> close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm going to ask everyone to say this prayer, even if you've been saved and all of that, but we don't do life alone, we do life in community. So let's encourage the people who are saying this for the first time by saying it together. All right, so all you have to say is, God, I say yes to you, and I turn from myself. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to just keep walking. In Jesus' name, amen. With your eyes closed and your head still bowed, if you pray that prayer for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, would you just shoot your hand up? Thank you for your hand in the back. Thank you for your hand right there. Thank you for your hand back there on this side to the left. Come on. So good. And now I'm going to ask all of us, would you stand? As we get ready to worship and to celebrate what God's going to do. All the way in the back, all over this room, would you just lift your hands to heaven? And just visualize in your mind right now. What that seventh laugh, what that shout, what it's going to look like when those walls come crumbling down.